Flushing girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another fresh edition of Oh, Mr. Sheffield, the podcast where we talk about The Nanny, which is a hit sitcom from the 90s starring Fran Drescher. I am Sean Pasquale here with my intrepid co-host, Toria Sheffield. That's right. And this week, we are discussing Season 5, Episode 3, The Bobby Flickman Story, written by Diane Wilk, directed by Dorotheicus Laminicus. That's her <laughs> Harry That's Potter her. handle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and this is the episode in which Maxwell's old partner, Bobby Fleckman, starts moving in on him. Fran's friend suggests that Maxwell only likes her because she looks like Fran. And she even tells Fran not to talk so much because her voice is so annoying. That is the IMDb description, and it sounds uh, very messy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not a good description. Yeah, it's basically uh, somebody comes to the mansion who looks almost identical to Fran, which makes Fran and Cece jealous because they can't. I mean, figure it out. is identical to Fran. It's, yeah, it's Fran. It's yeah, it's Fran, Fran Drescher's playing well, okay. both roles. Here's the thing that's so fascinating about this episode creatively: Bobby Fleckman <laughs> is the character that Fran Drescher played in the iconic movie Spinal yes. Tap, or this is yes. Spinal Tap. Known colloquially as Spinal Tap. For some of our younger listeners, they might not really know what that is, as crazy as that sounds. But Spinal Tap was basically like (laughs) was the like the first mockumentary that ever existed. So you know now that's not going to seem like such a big deal because everyone grew up on like The Office or they watch Abbott Elementary or all these things. But if you can imagine. There were documentaries. There had never, ever, ever been a mockumentary. And and suddenly, genius Christopher Guest. Who's who married to, to Oscar winner Jamie, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes, you, you may have seen him as the very uh, bored, tired-looking man. Dour-looking husband. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> who, like, just sadness behind his eyes, uh, no interest mm-hmm. being there. But anyway, he went on to do Best in Show, a lot of other very famous movies, um, using that um, technique, right? The mockumentary. But so Spinal Tap was about uh, a British rock band in the 70s and kind of like their demise and their comeback. And there was a character named Bobby Fleckman who was their publicist and almost the exact character that Fran Drescher plays. I I mean, the exact character that Fran Drescher plays in this episode. So there was this weird like, you know, MCU crossover, this person exists in this universe thing happening. And I actually, I couldn't find information on it, but I wanted to find out how Fran and Peter got the rights to use Bobby Flackman. Like they must've had to call Christopher Guest and we're like, oh, we have this idea. Would it be okay? I mean, like, I guess so. Right. It, it's also weird because I, I was trying to, to see if, Spinal Tap is owned by a studio, and if that made this an easier thing for her to do, or if it was completely indie and he owns it, like I, I don't, I don't know. But like, someone owns this character, so like, she had to get somebody's permission, right? You know what? Presumably. I'm. I said. I think this is actually something I want. We should ask Peter Mark Jacobson about because this is really interesting Ooh. to me. Um, in the new segment in which we call him on the phone <laughs> at nine a.m. on a Sunday morning. Yeah, let me just I'm making a note, Peter, PMJ, and then also Bobby 
Blackman. Yeah, you know, I wonder if like they were maybe still friends with Christopher Guest. Um, truly comedic genius. Uh, and so that was a 1984 movie. Actually, it might have been an 80s rock band, not a 70s rock band, but regardless. So the episode literally takes place two weeks after the last uh, episode, two weeks after where we left them off, where this disastrous date involving Elton John happened. We find out that Fran has been in the doghouse for two weeks, which I think is a little unfair. But, you know, Mr. Sheffield seemingly has withdrawn, like, all attention from her, all romantic interest, hasn't asked her out on a second date, has kind of like really cooled to her because he's still angry about her ruining Elton John. I guess to his credit, she did ruin it pretty spectacularly. <laughs> she did. I mean, she, um, she did. Mess, she messed it up good. <laughs> yeah. So she's bemoaning, you know, how she can't believe she ruined their first date. Uh, to Niles or in the kitchen. She's eating chocolate. And he goes, oh, stop it, Miss Fine. There's nothing more pathetic than a woman who eats her feelings because she doesn't have a man. Cue oh, Cece walking in, holding ribs, <laughs> and go like, you got any more of this mesquite barbecue sauce? It is delicious. <laughs> and, then, and then that happens. And then Brighton and Mr. Sheffield come in and they are arguing because it turns out Brighton won a radio contest where in which uh, rock star Brian Setzer is supposed to come and film a music video in their house. And Mr. Sheffield's just like, nope, it's not happening. And Brighton's like, oh, come on, dad. It would literally just be three hours this Friday. And Mr. Sheffield's like, no way. And I just have this note where I'm like, oh, man, like what teenage boy gave a shit about Brian Setzer? <laughs> like, <laughs> that, that was like, the, of, of everything we've seen this season, well, this was the most unbelievable. Here's, here's what I can tell you. You're, you're spot on because even as a, a teenaged boy in the 90s who got swept up in the swing revival craze, <laughs> Brian Setzer was at the very bottom. It was like this would have been way more believable if it was like – Cherry Poppin' Daddies or Big Bad Voodoo Daddy or any band with daddy in the name, honestly, would have would have fit the bill, um, you know. But the, Brian Setzer was like, yeah, I guess he was part of the swing revival thing, but also he 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 was old even then, you know. Yeah, um, he was so in a band this just straight felt- cast. Yes, this just yeah, felt like uh, it was a yeah. Stray Cats was like a rockabilly band that then kind of embraced the whole um, swing revivalist movement in the mid '90s that was brought on by the movie Swingers. Um, and yeah, I don't know, man. I I I I I felt the exact same way as you. I was like Brian Setzer video. Like, who cares? <laughs> Why is Brighton I- so excited about this? It was very much like maybe the writers or the older people on staff were fans and were shoehorning in a reason to have him there because there's no way this teenage boy would care at all. Like we've, we've even had like network. Right. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Cause like we've even had jokes before where, um, Brighton's like, dad, I don't care about like anybody that you work with because, <laughs> because yes. you're so old. Uh, but that happens. And, uh, and happens. then Mr. and then Mr. Sheffield Brighton like walk out bickering. We also find out that like Mr. Sheffield seemingly has really no interest or intention of if of uh uh not inviting her out of asking her on a second date anytime soon. And so when he walks out, she like looks after him wistfully, and <laughs> Cece just holds up a rib and goes, "Want one?" <laughs> <laughs> and, and Fran just shrugs and they both eat ribs. And I was like, oh, that was a really cute little moment. Very cute. <laughs> like commiserating. 
And we then go to the opening credits and then we come back to the mansion and it's a little while later. I think it's like a few, few days later. And Brayton is walking around the house in this absurd like leather rocker outfit. And Maggie looks at Fran and she's like, it's so pathetic. Like ever since um, you got dad to agree to the Brian Seltzer performance, he's been walking around the house like holding a guitar. And like, and he doesn't even know how to play. And then he goes, well, you wear a bra. <laughs> Which is like such a, such a diss. What a zinger. Yeah, what a zinger. Um, but we very quickly established that Fran had gotten Mr. Shuffle. Also, as a as a brother, as a brother with sisters, uh, the amount of times I made reference to, thought about, or even joked about my sister's boobs was zero in my entire life. <laughs> I think though that is a little brother mercilessly teasing an older sister thing. I think you have to be much mm, closer in age. No, that's you have, fair. You, we were far apart in age. Well, yeah, you guys didn't fight at all. Like, they were much too little. But when yeah. siblings are closer in age, it is a bloodbath. That's fair. My sister said um, some meanest things to me about this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, but you deserved so, it is the difference. Well, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> so then but, we get so, to, like, the big the big get of the episode, so to speak, right? Which is... Bobby Fran as Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the doorbell rings and it is the publicity team arriving before Brian Seltzer and his band to make sure everything is set up. And the PR team ex- consists of a woman named Bobby Fleckman, who's a chic woman dressed all in black with a very severe updo, played by Fran Drescher. And then also her assistant, Chloe, played by Lisa Loeb. <laughs> yep. That's very bizarre. I was Hilarious. like, is Lisa Loeb trying to act or... Was she not? No, I think it's just yet? a bit. I think it's just yeah. a funny bit. Yeah. Okay. And it's funny because Fran and Bobby don't seem to register that they look alike. But uh, when after, you know, uh, Bobby sort of like walks around, assesses the space and then is like, I need to go get Mr. Sheffield's signature, you know, because he's the father of the child who will appear in this video. And she kind of saunters off. Brighton's like, wow, Fran, like that woman looks just like you. And Fran's like, huh, you think? I mean. Maybe me in 10 years. But so she doesn't see it. We then cut to Mr. Sheffield's office. And uh, I thought this was a little bizarre where it seemed like Bobby didn't realize that this was the Maxwell Sheffield that she used to work with back in London until she sees his face. This whole thing was bizarre because it's also like, how does Mr. Sheffield not know? Like, how come never once in all of his interactions with Fran was he like, man, you're the spitting image of this woman, Bobby, that I used to work with all the time in London. <laughs> you know, like, I just, I don't get any of it. Like, it it, it felt, it felt yes. very messy. And I, I was hoping you either had been paying better attention or had some answer for me, but it sounds like it was just messy. Yeah. And also considering like where this episode goes with this, I wrote like, oh, this is like one of my least favorite sitcom tropes. It's just so unrealistic. Like it it happens more than you would think on sitcoms where someone shows up and is played by a lead cast member. And we're supposed to believe that like, first of all, two people look that identical who are not actual identical twins anywhere in the world, but that other people don't like obviously freak out people should yeah. be like my, my other note and like they, they 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 got to it like because my first note in that first scene with bobby was like 
Um, why is nobody talking about how she looks just like Fran? And then like Brighton does come over and, you know, like you said, he does say like, oh my God, she looks just like you. But like, I would be freaking out. Like the first thing he should have said was like, oh my God, how is this possible? (laughs) It it, it wouldn't have been the kind of thing that like broke I've never seen anything like this in my life. This is insane. Fran, are you seeing this? Are you guys seeing this? Like it should have been a whole thing. It would break the nature of reality as you know it if you saw two unrelated people (laughs) who look that much alike. Seriously. Then what uh, actually happens is instead in the world of this show, you know, no one seems to be that taken aback by it. No one's that upset. No one is upset by this. Yes. But so – Bobby goes into Mr. Sheffield's office and she's like, oh my gosh, Maxwell Sheffield. Like I – I just didn't As connect I live the and name. breathe. Yeah, it's like I didn't connect the name to the face. Um, and Cece's in there with Mr. Sheffield, so she kind of serves as someone who can like receive this exposition because then Mr. Sheffield's like, oh yes, Cece, like this is Bobby Fleckman. We used to work together, you know, years and years ago back in London. Like we were the best of chums, and they kind of embrace. And then Mr. Sheffield's like, we must do dinner tonight. And then he looks at Cece and he goes, Cece, are you doing anything? And she goes, uh, no, thinking she's going to get invited. And then he goes, fabulous. Can you make us dinner reservation? <laughs> and then he and Bobby walk out. <laughs> and so then rude. just as that happens, Niles walks by and he looks at Cece and he goes, I feel so bad for you, Miss Babcock. You're going to die alone. And then she goes, you heard what just happened? And he goes, no, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> I think that that reminded me of one of my favorite recurring Simpsons jokes, which used to only happen during the House of Horror Halloween episodes, where um, Flanders would either become a vampire or a zombie or something, and he'd burst in, and um, Homer would shoot him and kill him, and they'd go, "Oh my God! Thank God, Dad! How'd you know he was a zombie?" And then, and then Homer goes, "He was a zombie." <laughs> <laughs> the implication that he was just going to shoot. He would have shot him num- regardless. <laughs> yes. Yes. That, it wasn't the reason he was shot. It was. Um, but so then we cut to later in the day, Cece is kind of eavesdropping outside the living room and she kind of pokes He's her very head jealous. in. jealous. Yes. He's yes. Like, of yeah, Bobby. Yeah, yeah. Um, because yeah. she sees this connection that she and Mr. Sheffield have this like natural rapport. And so she kind of pokes her head in and she sees Mr. Sheffield and Bobby Fleckman on the couch talking super closely. It's very flirty. And Fran walks by and she's like, quick, quick, Nimmy fine. Come in here. She's like, get in there and, and go flirt with Maxwell. And then she like looks Fran up and down. And she's like, why are you wearing pants? Put on a short <laughs> skirt for God's sakes. Because now in a, Kind of, this is a hilarious turn of events. Cece is so threatened by Bobby that she knows she at least wants to break that up. And so her only um, resource for doing that is Fran. Yes. And, and she she says a very funny thing here. She She's like, Bobby is an amalgamation of us. Beauty, brains. And then she points to Fran and she goes, slut. <laughs> yes. And then if, if, if Fran is like – I think you might be onto something, right? And she's like, oh, but it's not going to work, Miss Babcock. I blew my first date with Mr. Sheffield. Like, he's never going to ask me out again. And then CC looks at her and she goes, You're going to get, you're going to let one bad date discourage you? She's like, You wuss. I didn't even let his wife get in my way. And then she goes, You think I'm pathetic now? You should have seen me as her maid of honor. And I just go, Oh, so sad. But like, Fran kind of continues to resist the idea. She's like, It's not going to work. But then they peer their head in again. And literally, Mr. Sheffield gives 
Bobby Fleckman a kiss on the mouth. And literally, like, Fran and Cece look at it, and then they just embrace and start to cry. And Mm -hmm. I just have this note where I go, I have, like, later this will come up in the episode where it's established that, like, these two are just good friends. Have you ever just kissed a good friend on the mouth? (laughs) I mean, other than you, no. (laughs) Yeah, but that's different because we're also related. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, no, it's it's a crazy thing. I don't kiss anyone on the mouth. I uh, not even Elizabeth. (laughs) We put we put. No, we put saran wrap between us. No, to me, well, this was also something where I was just like, it's just like not how humans behave. So it was a little bit like, come on. You you should have made it a little more dislike. What it should have been is it should have been the classic trope of like the angle that they're looking at it. It looks like they're kissing, but they're actually doing something else. Or like she drops something and her head goes down and like, they're like, Oh my God. You know what I mean? Like, like it should have just been some version of that, but like to to force a mouth kiss only to then be like, (laughs) Oh, we were just, we're just really close friends. It's like, I guess, I don't know. I don't kiss any of my friends on the lips. (laughs) Jesus. God. It just seemed like a very small detail that could have been very easily altered to just like not raise any flags instead of like, well, now I'm thinking about it. Like I'm I'm thinking about how weird that is. You or it could have just been like, you know, push, you know, you, this would have even been a little bit of a bridge too far, I think, with a friend, but like, oh, like putting a, a lock of her, a tendril of hair behind her ear, like a straight hair that like could be misconstrued as something else, right? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, but anyway, so they are super, Cece and, and Fran are in shared despair about this. And then the mm-hmm. next scene, we have Fran and Val in the kitchen and Val is going, you know, Fran, like, don't get so upset. Maybe, maybe Mr. Sheffield and this Bobby Fuckman really are just friends. You know, you're always saying that you want to get out there and meet new people, make new friends. And she goes, yeah, Val, but that's me. What does he need friends for? <laughs> which which just made me laugh because I think that is a very um, honest and petty way that people feel where they're like, well, I want to get out there, but like, I don't want my spouse making all these new <laughs> friends with attractive people. <laughs> um, and then Val goes, also, like, I don't get him being attracted to her. You, her, his taste is all over the map. <laughs> so, like, clearly Val doesn't see the that they look identical, which that was a funny joke because it's calling attention to the shared insanity that nobody, nobody seems Agreed. to be like, yeah. Um, at which, and then Sylvia enters because, as always, she's just kind of like hanging around the house these days. And <laughs> Fran looks at her kind of upset and she's like, Ma, have you ever been afraid of losing daddy? 
And Sylvia goes, she goes, <laughs> once he was, he, he confessed he was sexually attracted to Kate Smith. Kate Smith was a very, very famous um, radio star back in the day. And she was a very like large woman. And then Sylvia goes, how I ever get any action from that chubby chaser, I'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. Someone, first of all, calling someone a chubby chaser is just like, just awful. Like, it's so gross that people would be like, like, oh, you're attracted to someone who has that body type, like chubby chaser. But also that she d- also doesn't realize that she herself is a curvy woman. Yes. <laughs> and, but then, so Sylvia's advice to Fran about this whole Bobby situation is she's basically like, you got to cut in front of Bobby at the man buffet <laughs> using the analogy that if there's one piece of like cheesecake left and there's somebody else trying to get it, like you cut in front, like that's what you got to do. You get yours. And then uh, Bobby's assistant, AKA Lisa Loeb comes in and literally mistakes her for Bobby. She's like, Bobby, your lunch is here. And like walks out and Fran's eyes light up in like a light bulb moment. And she's just like, oh, Ma, I think I've got, I think I have an idea. And I just wrote, I hate this kind of plot device. It's just too unrealistic, even for it's a sitcom. So because you know, it's going to be a whole like, I'm going to pretend to be her and this and that. Um, and then we're actually kind of getting relatively close to the end here. But in the next scene, it's later that day, Brian Seltzer arrives with his orchestra. Um, and Brighton looks impressed and starstruck, and it makes no sense. It makes no and- sense, but we do we do learn that that Mr. Sheffield had a band called Strawberry Sheffields Forever, yes. <laughs> which really got me. I also really liked that we learned that uh, Mr. Sheffield passed on um, Tommy, the Broadway musical, the Who's Tommy. I thought that was also very funny. Like he just he. He he passed on. He's now passed on like three verifiable hits. Oh yeah, he's I mean, got so the worst taste. Cece even looks at him and she's like, "Cats, hair, Tommy." <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, then Sylvia emerges because she's clearly in on Fran's plan. And because what's happening is so the the musician arrived, the band arrives, Bobby's looking around, making sure everything is like kind of just right for this shoot. But then Sylvia comes out to her and goes, oh, uh, Miss Fleckman, uh, there's someone who has a message for you out back, says it's urgent, you know, from from a big musician. So she kind of like leads her away and then knocks on the bathroom door as they pass the bathroom door, signaling to Fran that she has like successfully herded Bobby Fleckman out of this area. Then Fran comes out dressed as Bobby and it is really fun sometimes to see Fran Drescher like look looking very chic you know with her hair Mm -hmm. in that tight up dude and like like a nude lip um not a lot of makeup and so then she as Bobby goes to talk to Mr. Sheffield in his office with the plan she's gonna like quote break it off with him and he's she's literally like Mr. Sheffield or she's like Maxwell you know I I know that there's been a lot of electricity between us recently but you know, I just see you as a friend. We're breaking it off. I'm breaking it off. And he looks super confused. And he's like, Bobby, um, I don't mean to be rude, but I I thought we were just really good friends. Like, I didn't realize you felt that way. And I again wrote, I've never kissed my friend on the mouth the way you kissed on the mouth. But also, um, I thought that there was a bit of a missed opportunity here where I actually thought he, 
he was maybe going to say something about his relationship with Fran, where he was going to be like, I'm very confused. We're just good friends, but also like my heart belongs to someone else. And I thought that this would be a perfect opportunity for Fran to realize that like, yes, he's a little annoyed at her, but like, of course, like he still loves her, but, but that doesn't happen. He literally just says, um, no, like, I just thought we were friends. I'm sorry if you were confused. And then she's relieved, though. She's relieved because it turns out there wasn't this romance happening, you know, under her nose. And they go in for an embrace and another quick kiss on the mouth, I guess. Like, we're just just friends kiss. We're just friends kiss. Yep. (laughs) As we we all do, but I'm just saying. Um, And then it there's clearly, you know, real electricity between them because it's Fran and Mr. Sheffield. And so then it becomes a real kiss, which... Mr. Sheffield is then taken aback by because he's never felt this way about Bobby before. And then he, he's like, oh, oh my goodness. He's like, Bobby, I'm, I'm so sorry. I just, it's so strange. I've never felt this electricity between us, but, but now I suddenly do. I don't know what changed. And as he's embracing her, he sees a tag on the back of her dress and it's a Loman's tag. Instantly tipping him off to the fact that this is actually Fran. But again, he's not like, I can't believe you guys look this much alike. Instead, it's more like, oh, wait a second. Fran is tricking me. (laughs) So he instantly gets this idea where he's going to trick her back. So instead of, you know, saying something kind to her or like, you know, assuring her that he really loves her, he instead goes, Bobby, you know, I think I've been fighting this for 20 years, but I just realized I'm in love with you. Let's get married. Which... (laughs) literally makes Fran almost pass out. Like she almost falls to her yeah. knees. It's really it's very funny. cruel. <laughs> and then, and then once he's like done, you know, sufficient torturing damage her. to her. Yeah. Torture. Then he's like, Miss Fine, I know it's you. And she's like, oh, you know, it's me. And he's like, yes, of course. And, and she's like, well then, okay, well, if you really don't feel that way about Bobby, like, why were you kissing her? And he goes, it was just a thank you kiss <laughs> because she secured Mick Jagger for my new show after you ruined things with Elton John. And she's like, oh, and then she's like, oh, okay, okay. And then he's like, right. She's so like, so it's very important that we keep Bobby happy. And then she's like, oh, because we then got to somewhere else in the house. Sylvia has locked and barricaded Bobby in a room. <laughs> in a closet. Is guard- <laughs> closet is guarding the door and is listening to headphones so that Bobby <laughs> can't get out. And also Sylvia is not bothered by her screams for help. It's hilarious. It was very, very it's funny. It's a really I good wish- ending. I wish that had been the end end instead of the actual button, which was just like a very long like homage to Brian Seltzer playing with his orchestra. And they kind of tried to make it funny by being like, Niles is getting in there trying to get in the shop. But it just felt like nobody actually wants to see this. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I mean, look, it was was, I really I enjoyed it this episode, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. I think it could have been interesting if if they were going to do this whole like, you know, they look identical storyline. It actually could have been interesting if they had run with it and really made it like like it could have been cool if Maxwell was worried after meeting this woman again after however many years since the last time they worked together that like his whole feelings for Fran this whole time were just these buried feelings for this woman. Like that would have been so interesting, you know, and then like him trying to figure out like if the if he has feelings for this woman or Fran and like 
like I think to lean into how much they look alike would have been almost a little more emotionally complex. Um, but it was a, it was very funny. So it's like I'm not I'm not complaining. I thought this was a great episode. It, it had some great lines. Um, you know, getting Fran to play against herself is always entertaining to see. So how do you think? I, you know, I don't know. Uh, I was gonna say um, for like the special effects, right? When it would be like a scene of Fran walking by Fran. Are those mm-hmm. ex- at this time? Would that have been expensive? Would that have been? Well, I mean, easy? any any time they were in the same shot, it was easy. They were doing it old school style, like with like they used to shoot that TV show about the girl who was identical cousins from like the fifties. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's how they did that. And then anytime she was like walking through the frame, it was always from behind. And that, I think that was just a double. I think they just had a double yeah, yeah. do the cross. Um, I, yeah. So no, I think they did this pretty inexpensively. There wasn't like CGI or anything involved. They were, <laughs> they were splicing two sides of a conversation, so, you know, of a shot together. So, but it's, so you literally have to have the shot set up absolutely perfectly. Right. So that, it all matches up. Yeah. So they would shoot probably all of one side of Fran, not move anything, relight the the other side, and then they would shoot the other side of Fran, and then they would splice those two together. Wow. Oh, my like real like a cheap film. way to do it. Yeah, like cool. the cheap way to do it. That's cool. Um, um, okay. So And segments? I guess now it's time for segments. And now, Segments. So, segments. Yeah, no, I think we should move on to segments. I to say we can move on to our segments. And now, segments. Segments uh, with Sean and Toria. Uh, favorite lines and moments. Favorite lines, favorite moments. What do you got, Toria? Um, I... Real, what was that? I already forgot. I I usually grab it, but I, there was that vowel line. All right, good night, everybody. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> ruined it. Ruined the episode. Bur- start from the beginning. But when uh when Fran is like, well, yeah, of course I want to make new exciting friends, but what does he need them for? <laughs> like, just so honest and real. I also <laughs> liked when um Bobby Feynman first gets to the mansion and she meets Brighton and she's like, you're the kid that's going to be in the video. Like you won the contest. She's like, great. You're going to be perfect. You're so handsome. And then she turns to her assistant. She goes, Chloe, make a note. Let's get some color on this milk toast. Put them. I like that. She referred. I like that. She referred to her as uh Benet Brith uh, Barbie. I thought that was, <gasps> that's my clever. next line. That's my yep, next line. I loved Benet Brith Barbie was, was very, very good. I also like the digs at Cece when she, when Bobby's like, and where's your office? And Cece just like pathetically looks around and goes, I work here sometimes. And over here. And she points to the couch <laughs> that's in Mr. Sheffield's office. Like, <laughs> yes. uh, yes. it's such a good burn. Um, well, I mentioned also, the beauty brains uh, and slut line was also, uh, I loved it. That was such a great line. It's like when she is like, we're a perfect amalgamation. Don't you see? Like, that's why he wants Bobby. I'm brains. I'm beauty. You're a slut. <laughs> you know, it's everything he wants in a woman. <laughs> yeah. um, and then um, I really liked when we didn't really get into this in the summation of the episode, but when Bobby is talking to Cece in Mr. Sheffield's office, she kind of gets basically like the 101 on Cece being obsessed with Mr. Sheffield. And yeah. she's like, Ugh, 
she's like, lady, like you got to let him go. Otherwise you're just a masochist, a pathetic masochist. And then uh, Cece's like, I'm not a masochist. And then Bobby, who's just spent like five minutes being mean to her, gets up to leave and she goes, oh, where are you going? <laughs> uh, I just love There's like- also- uh, I- um, Go ahead. No, no, just like how we continually are getting just how screwed up Cece really is, like the further we get into this. Mm-hmm. I also really liked um, Fran finding out that Maxwell, or at least worried that Maxwell wants Bobby, uh, says, um, if I thought he liked older women, I would have told him the truth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which is yes, a great line. And it was like, it was, there was like a beat, which made it extra funny, where it's like, you know, if I had known he'd liked older women, I, well, I would have told him the truth. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Yiddish, we got Ponum, which means face. Yes. yes. Um, so the nanny trivia, this is going to be old news by the time this airs, but I think we should talk about it. And we're also going to post this on our Instagram. The nanny is leaving HBO Max by the end of <gasps> March. Right. No. So it's been on for it's been on for exactly two years. Maybe we should yeah. have probably. You know, it's funny that we didn't really think about this before. We wouldn't have been, shouldn't have been like, oh yeah, it's probably like a two year contract. We should be really careful of moving through this really fast. Not that we necessarily yeah. even could have moved faster than we're moving. I mean, how much faster could we have gone? You know. <laughs> like, we, oh, we could have quit. Our, we could have quit our jobs, broken up with our partners, <laughs> just really <laughs> double down on this. <laughs> But so I I think though, you know, we're figuring we are definitely obviously going to find a way to watch this show and not have any interruption in our record schedule. I'm yeah, well, sure this a, is on you Tubi. you said it's on Tubi, yeah. Yeah. Um okay. well, I tasked well, we'll Kyle to look into it. I I yeah, Kyle looked into it and he says it seems to be on Tubi. So and if worse comes to worse, we'll find some deeper, darker, you know, dark web way to to do this. To watch it. Yeah. We'll go on the Silk but, Road. Yeah. But we will confirm if, you know, I'm pretty sure it is on Tubi, but we'll con- confirm on social because I'm sure I'll, it just really sucks. This was su- It's such an easy way to watch on HBO Max. And I, I just I know. don't understand why they wouldn't keep it. Um, I mean, it's a they- CBS show. So maybe it will turn up on Paramount Plus. Maybe CBS is just like waiting for all these contracts to expire so they can have everything that they own under one roof. Um, that could oh. happen. Um, but, you know, for now, if it's on Tubi, for sure, we'll, we'll confirm. And so by the time you listen to this, if you don't already know for sure, check our Instagram and our Twitter, and we'll have updates on where you can watch The Nanny along with us. Um, also, speaking of Twitter and Instagram, it's oh Mr. Chef Pod. Um, wait, oh, wait, wait. I skipped us ahead. I blew right past. Segment. I blew right past the whole segment of who do you relate to? Are you a are you a Fran, a Cece, or a someone else? Um, I'm a Cece and this all week, the way. You were totally Cece. I knew you were going to pick Cece this week. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, listen. While I don't believe his taste in music is very good, his taste in artists is very convincing. I felt the most related to Brighton because um, I would have been very excited to be involved in a in a swing revival music video, although decidedly less so if it was Brian Seltzer. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would have been like, mm, okay, cool. I mean, I guess that's cool. 
But yeah, <laughs> like I'm not going to say no to being in this music video, I'm but no. I'm, I'm not um, going to. And this no. week, obviously, I want to hear all of your fondest memories of the Swing Revival. What are your favorite songs, your favorite bands? I know that everyone uh, has uh, probably so, uh, so many opinions on this topic. So reach out to us at oh, Mr. Chef Pod on Instagram or on Twitter, or you can send us an email if you want to talk about it in your secret shame, your secret love for swing revival music. Uh, oh, Mr. Sheffield podcast at gmail.com. As always, we love you. We couldn't do this without you listening. And we, we, we pledge yeah. ourselves to you. <laughs> <laughs> and we've branded your initials uh, on our bodies. All right, I think that's it. That's the end of an episode, Toria. You know what that means. It's time to say <laughs> goodbye. goodbye. The Flushing Girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Miss uh, uh, Fine. <laughs> <laughs>